Good morning, heart and soul. So we very I very specifically requested that Nicholas Veard launch our Christmas season. You know, we celebrate Christmas as the Christ Mass that is representative, symbolizes our celebration of Christ consciousness, the birth of Christ consciousness in each and every one of us. That that's, that's the real thing for us. I'm not controlling or attempting to or implying anywhere else in the world where there are thoughts that might differ than that. But here, we are in celebration of the Christ consciousness and the birth of that within each and every one of us. Now, I acknowledge that that's not a one-time event. So it's not just on December 25th that that's happening. There's a celebration that speaks to that. But for us, our intention is to, whenever we remember, whenever we recall, whenever that is, however that happens, and sometimes it's through stress and strain. Sometimes we don't remember until we're in tremendous pain. Come on now, don't act like you don't know. <laughs> yes? Yeah. So, so it, it matters not what brings us to a point of recognition and acknowledgement and the desire to be born again in an awareness of the Christ consciousness within each and every one of us. So that's what, now y'all know, y'all remember where we are. You know we're in the get ready, right? Okay. If you don't know, if somehow you don't know what I mean by being in the get ready, I'm going to have to give you a little assigned viewing, and it would be from last week, because what happened last week is I really laid the groundwork for our get ready, our intention to be about the business of rebirthing the Christ consciousness in each and every one of us. Now, your job is not to birth it in anybody else. Do not, don't, don't. Sometimes y'all hear in an interesting way. And I'm often surprised by what folks heard that I'm clear I didn't say or intend to say, so I'm just clarifying. This is all an inside personal job. I'm not giving anybody an assignment in the world around handling other people's business or even suggesting. So I'm assigning you viewing of last week. You're not assigning it. Because that's what happens. You know, so-and-so should have been here, and the whole time you're thinking how so-and-so and the other so-and-so could benefit from it, you're missing your blessing. Missing your own. Does that make sense at all? Okay, all right. So that's just the setup for this. So what we're, we're in, this, in this get ready because we are in the last days of 2023. So our preparation for 2024 is really concentrated, you know? So we're going to do our work in 2024, but we have a short runway to do our get ready part. Yes? Okay. So I have some thoughts about what we are doing now and what we need to do going forward. Neville Goddard, said something very specific that got my attention. He's talking about the gift of mind and speech. And what he says is, he says, God gave 
each of us. He's saying it in first person. I'm going to read it pretty much the way he said it. He said, God gave me two gifts. He gave me his own mind, and he gave me the gift of speech, the very thing he used to create the world. He spoke the world into being and then gave me the gift by which he spoke the world into being. So he gave me mind and speech. Now, he's saying that in first person, but he don't mean it was just him. He didn't get no special gift. It is the gift that humanity has been given. This gift of mind where we have, as the only species, where where we have the complete gift of mind and speech. Now, I'm just going to make it okay for you not to contact me about any anthropology and the connection, because I'm just wanting to make a simple point here, okay? So I'm just, I'm just bringing the thought back to the present and no need to Google anything to send, all right? We're just going to try to rest right in this idea that humanity has been given an expansive gift of mind. Now, it's up to us what we do with it. And likewise, speech. Yes? Okay. So what I'm wanting us to, in our get ready, I'm wanting us to just kind of of rest in, what does that mean? The magnitude of what we can do with the gift of mind paired with the gift of speech. Here's the thing. We can change our mind. Some of us are kind of engaged in a pattern of thinking and a pattern of being that we're not wanting to take into the new year. And some of us, it may feel like that groove is cut cut so deep that we could have some fear and doubt about what's even possible for us in 2024. This is why I want us to, to pull over and park in these ideas, that you have the wherewithal of changing your mind. Being different. It matters not how long you have been in this grooved pattern of being that you're choosing now to not take into the new year. Am am I the only one? Does anybody else have something that they're choosing not to take into the new year? Okay. Now, here's the thing. It's not enough to choose not to take it because there's really no thing as not taking. Y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get because we practice as if not taking, not thinking, not being is a thing. It's not a thing. It's a thing that because we have the power of mind, we misuse it, believing that we can be not doing something. There's no such thing. It's a thing we made up. It's a thing we say to each other and we confirm for each other, but it's not real. It means you are misusing, abusing your gift by trying to not do something. Because it's not a thing. So what's important is if in your mind you have a sense of, in 2024, I don't want to be doing that. I'm not eating that. I'm not saying that. I'm not thinking that. I'm not going there. I'm not seeing those people. I'm not doing... You got a whole list of the knots. You must translate it into what you be, baby. What you be doing, what you be thinking, what you be going to. 
Now, I do, you know I know better. I'm just making a point. Because it really is all grounded in how you be, what you're choosing to be, how you're choosing to be. Is this making sense? Okay. So in our get ready then, here's the thing. I want to begin with Emmett Fox, who says you can have anything in life that you really want, but you must be prepared to take responsibility for it. That is a key piece to everything that we are launching for 2024, is this notion of each of us taking personal responsibility for whatever it is that we want. It's not enough to simply declare, I want it. I, I want to disabuse you of how affirmations really work and what's required of us. It's more than just saying a thing a few times. Frankly, it's more than saying a thing a billion times. Something else must shift other than your vocal cords. Yes? Okay. So your responsibility is to engage in the shift. Now, I love that you are here today or that you're tuned in today. I really do. I am so grateful that we're, that we're in this together in the way that we are. And this is not enough to transform our lives. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're sharing this. Being here on a Sunday morning, tuning in on a Sunday morning, or watching it later is insufficient for the level of transformation we're talking about. Each of us much in, must engage much more deeply. Now, this ain't bad for a start, if I say so myself. Because we can just hang out here and kind of get in a nice little groove and feel better about it. And feeling better about it is part of the process. It's just incomplete. Insufficient to do all the work. This is why there are practitioners this is why there are classes. It's set up so that you can be supported in the long term, in the long game, if you will. Yes? Yes. And you can just hang out and kind of get the part, kind of like at a buffet. They prepared all that, but you're not eating all that. You're just eating the part you want to eat. So this could be that for you. I'm not trying to be the boss of you. I am, though, wanting to reveal how this thing works. And no matter how you work it, it still is law, it's universal principle. So it works a certain way, whether you want it to, whether you know it does. And so my role, as I see it, is to illuminate some of that. Here's how the thing works, y'all. You have to take your, a level of responsibility in order to get the thing going. Yes? Okay. All right, so I have some ideas I want to share with you. There's kind of what I consider like a real-life pattern shift. I saw an interview some time ago, last year. It might have even been the year before that, for all I recall. But it was a David Letterman was interviewing former President Barack Obama. And in that interview, uh, the former president was saying that he was making the point of how we live in a bubble. 
and we aren't aware. It looks like, as you're in your bubble, it looks like the world. It looks like life. Your bubble looks like life to you. When in reality, it's your life. Because it's the way that you see life, and life is not seen the way you see it anywhere but in you. Now, you may gather some folks who see it similarly, but you are seeing it in a bubble. And here's what he offered. He said, this is according to Obama, he said three people, a liberal, a conservative, and a moderate, were asked to Google Egypt. So they simply put the word Egypt in the search bar. He said that the liberal received <clears throat> information on Tahir Square, the conservative saw information on the Muslim Brotherhood, and the moderate was taken to vacation spots on the Nile. The reason I'm sharing that with you is because I want you to know that that don't just, you, you Google. Well, I don't know if I said that so that that could be clearly understood. <laughs> you are in your own way, Google. What I said was you Google. What I meant was, in your own way, you are your own Google. Meaning your belief system is getting you what comes back to you. You see what I'm saying? And it's, it's your, you have an algorithm, a spiritual algorithm, so that what you believe, the master teacher said it, it is done unto you what? As you believe. So as you are believing that, your algorithm is bringing you, providing you proof of that. Now, somebody else believes something else, a prognosis, for example. We are across the spectrum around a prognosis. There are those who, if they've given me a prognosis, that's it. That's exactly what it means. What they said goes, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to prepare my life accordingly. And then on the other end of the spectrum is, I know they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so I'm not about to do none of that. And, some, and along the continuum is all the possibilities of our responses. But it is done unto us as we believe. So if you believe that there's another opportunity, and I don't mean that you hear that there's another opportunity and you entertain it for a moment. That's not belief. What I mean is that you you take it on so completely that it's a part of how you be. It is then done unto you as you are believing that. When you cease believing that, whatever it is, you begin to have a different ex life experience. Life shows up for you in accordance to whatever you are believing in that moment. And I don't mean a moment in time. I mean in the groove that you're cutting in your consciousness. These are complex ideas as I think about it because I'm stumbling over the words for them. They're complex ideas and I'm doing my best to kind of simplify it because I want us in the pool. I want us in the pool of embracing this idea that we can take responsibility for the changes we desire in our lives. Last week, I learned a lesson. <laughs> I, um, I intuitively asked if there were questions, and we had a few questions. And I did my best in the moment 
to respond. What I learned as one of the questions kind of haunted me, and it was around um, an individual who was declaring that what they wanted was, Pam, help me with this, what they wanted was to stop racism, eradicate, but the word wasn't eradicate. I think I started calling it that. Sexism and violence, that's how it went. And what struck, what stood out for me was the same idea that I've just shared with you, is that the universe doesn't know anything about not. And so I want us to spend a little time because often I'm someone who's, no, I'm not someone, I transformed my life, began the transformation of my life a few decades ago by using affirmations. Somehow, they just resonated for me. It just opened my heart uh, right away. And as I began affirming new ideas, ideas that clearly had, had some kernel of truth in my subconscious, although they were not ideas from which I was living. I was living from ideas that opposed these new ideas. And I'm not sure... I don't remember anybody spending the time with me to, well, you know, I was so broken. It's a time that I call the time that I lived under the bed. It's just the way I refer to it creatively, but it was a time when I was out of touch. It's a time when I was very depressed. I was, um, I was just suffering through that, and that's how I came across Terry Cole Whitaker's work. And she was a religious science minister who had a television ministry, of all things. And um, here's, here's a little note that if you knew me, you would know that I'm not up at midnight and 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. But that's when she was on. But it was because I was in such a twisted place where down was up and up was down and night was day and day was night and it was a confusing and difficult time that I caught this. And what I remember of that time, I don't remember the affirmation, but I remember reaching over, getting a pen or pencil or something, and wrote down whatever it was she said. And that was the beginning for me of the shift. What I realized, though, is that for some people, it's not, the depth doesn't happen that easily. And they find themselves using affirmations in a way that they can't possibly work at the level that they're intended to work or the desire to work. And it's because the responsibility, the personal responsibility, personal accountability, the, it hasn't been infused. The heart has, your, and in, the individual's heart has not yet opened to the change sufficiently in order to do this. It also... You know, Albert Einstein, it is said that, he said that you cannot solve the problem from the level of the problem. And often we are affirming from the problem. <laughs> and it's not our fault. There's no blame in this. What I'm wanting to do in our get ready is maybe I can help a little bit with that. Let me just check and see if this is something to even... 
Yeah, I think so. So there, at some point, Tristan Harris was a Google design ethicist. And what she said is, if you can make it trend, you can make it true. <laughs> if you can make it trend, you can make it true. Now, if I had offered this 10 years ago, we probably would have had to talk about it and explain some things, and some people who were really involved would have to say, Rev, let me help you explain to people how that works. Does anybody miss this point? My sense is that we have been bathed in this mess long enough so that everybody who can understand the language I'm speaking has a sense of how this has worked. And some people have suffered through how it's been used in a way that impacted them. It might have impacted them personally or professionally. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you can get a thing to, whether it's true or not, we see that politically, we see it socially, we see it in social media. I'm not here to fix that. I'm wanting you to apply that to your life, though. Because you have something trending all the time, baby. All the time you have some ideas that you are putting forth in your mind and they are working in your mind just as if you typed them on Twitter and then copied it to Facebook and then did the video on TikTok. And then you understand what I'm saying? Because this, it's in your mind and that's where, remember he said the gift of mind and speech. How are we using it? What are we doing with it? How are we, are we using it in ways that are highly beneficial? Or are we using it in ways that perpetuate the pattern that has already been established? And sometimes it's not even our pattern. Sometimes it's a generational family kind of, family of origin pattern. Sometimes it might be culturally. It might be age-based. It might be gender-based. It might, it, might, it might, whatever it is. You have the power, the wherewithal, and the responsibility to change it, to set it aright. God, I hope that makes sense. Yes? yes. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want, there's a little Ella Fitzgerald clip that I want y'all to hear. And if you put the slide up and do that for me, that would be a great thing because it, um, as a youngster, and just signal to me when y'all are ready, but in the meantime, I'll, I'm just, I want to share this, that I grew up going to theater. So either I grew up in Berkeley, and so Berkeley had a community theater and uh, a larger theater as well, and so there were productions that came. And the Rogers and Hammerstein just like set my life afire, so many of the songs. And I remember also putting on gloves and a hat and going to San Francisco to the theater as well. So it just, it has, I mean, that, that probably tells you just how long ago we have getting in our little gloves and little hats and such, going on over to, to San Francisco to the theater. And it's just happy time. So I'm someone who loves lyrics. 
And can I just tell you that if I were in charge of life, it would be a musical. <laughs> it would be right about now, I would bust out singing and dancing, which is pretty scary in itself, but that would be the way I'd set life up. We would all in those moments. Okay, so I need you to hear this little piece right here. Happy talk, keep talking, happy talk. Talk about things you'd like to do. You gotta have a dream if you don't have a dream. How you gonna have a dream come true? Makes sense. So Dame Ella did not sing in South Pacific, but she was a part of an album of well-known vocalists who covered the songs from South Pacific. And, um, and I just love her voice, period. Let me just, period, full stop. And I love this song because there's the truth embedded in it. Happy talk. Keep talking happy talk. And then it comes to how you going to have a dream come true if you're not engaged in what's required. That's the taking responsibility. You can't have a different outcome if you keep talking about the old stuff. She said, reminding herself that this is true. Yes. So the idea is to is to lift your thinking. It's the mind and speech. So we're lifting our thinking, and our speech is happy. Now, this is not a fake happy. I'm not putting you out in the world just talking happy. I'm having you believe in your dream. And if you're believe, thank you. If you're believing in your dream, then you have a different attitude. If you don't, it's not your dream. If you're sweating it and it's causing you anxiety in a really negative, detrimental way, it's not your dream. You're doing something else. But with this, this is an opportunity. So look, our words matter. Thank you, Dame Ella. It is through, and I've, I'm the one who decided she was Dame Ella, by the way. I just, she just rocks like that for me. She just rocks like that for me. So it's through the word that you manifest everything. Don Miguel Ruiz is reminding us of that. And then here's what I'm saying to you is that short phrases you repeat regularly, either out loud or to yourself, to change the way you think and feel. That's your intention. So when I say affirmations, I mean you have set an intention to string some words together to transform your life. That's what I'm calling affirmation. And you can use them to shift negative thought patterns and promote positive thinking, think happy talk, self-esteem, and motivation. Now, the science says that you do better with affirmations initially if you start with self-esteem. So if you already have a high self-esteem, you automatically tend to have more positive benefits, more readily. Now, if that's not true for you, you've got to do that work first. See, sometimes what we teach and endeavor to practice sounds like magic and fun stuff and miracles. 
And while there are a lot of miracles that pop off, you know, magic is not magic to the magician. For the magician, it's specific steps and practices. They know what the principle is about this. So when that rabbit pops out of the hat, it is not a surprise to the magician. Because one, they put it in there. So our work is if we intend to pull a rabbit out of a hat, we got to make sure we get a rabbit in a hat. And that's our responsibility. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so we're just kind of getting straight on what our work is. So, so look, sometimes I felt like, okay, based on some of the questions, I thought, let's do kind of a basic thing. Now, I am so grateful for the questions, and we're going to be doing more of that. It helps me to, be, to bring a better message, to deliver uh, the principles more clearly, to, to, give, to share ideas that that resonate with the folks with whom I'm speaking. Yes? yes. Well, y'all don't know because I'm saying what it helps me do. Okay, yeah, that'd be logical. So look, here's what I came up with. Some of us, <laughs> I know they didn't do this in every school system, in every place, and they haven't done it across time, but we used to do sentence diagramming. Now, I could not pass a test on it right now, so we're not trying to do, I'm not, I'm not teaching uh, sentence diagramming, but I am bringing it forth. And I'm going to use a little snapshot. This is another time when I don't require any emails. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm open and send me stuff, but th- I'm just, I'm just wanting to, you know, I'm just wanting to, you know, kind of, this ain't it. Okay, so here we go. So look, let's put up the subject, action, action verb, direct object. Because when we're writing affirmations, when we're speaking affirmations, we want to make sure that we have, I mean, obviously, there's a subject, there's a verb, there's an object, yeah? So there's who's doing it, what's being done, and then there's, oh, sorry, I'm eavesdropping on other stuff. Um, And then there's there's what's the thing that's going to happen. So the way I'm translating that for affirmations, it must be first person singular for our purposes. This is the work we're doing. First person singular, and whatever the verb is must be present tense and active. So it's never I want to. Now, if you're at the place where that really is what's true for you, then just know that that must be temporary. You can have no 365-day affirmation with I want. But you could have a five-day affirmation because you're kind of, what, you're in the get ready for this thing you want, yes? You're in the get ready for, I'm just bringing it into my consciousness, but whoo, it takes my breath away when I think about it, so let me just work with it a little bit, Yes? yes? I'm hoping this makes sense. But your, and then your action, so your action verb is present tense, and then whatever the object is, is, must reflect your clear focus and intention. Okay? So let's look at, um, at an example, a couple of examples here. Because I'm using kind of uh, this idea that is true for a lot of us. We want to end pain and suffering. We want to eradicate race, all the isms. You know, get in where you fit in. However, when we look at this, we're saying, I want 
the thing that we're talking about giving up. And that's the way the universe hears us, interprets. It doesn't have a place for for the not of it, for the negative, for taking it out. It has, it's a creative. Does it make sense? Because you cannot create a not. Oh, don't you like the way I did that double negative? You cannot create a not. Y'all understand. These are my people. This is my tribe. The idea is we must create from a let there be. Let there be light, not take away the dark. Okay? So in our lives, personally, we want the dark to subside. We want the dark taken away. But there is no program for that. You understand if I put it in that term? There's no program for taking it away. So that's like a nothing affirmation. Ain't nothing happening with that. And so if you want something to happen, it must be a let there be. It, it must come from a let there be. And since you only have power over you, it has to be a let there be attitude spoken in first person singular. So that would be I live inclusion possibly. I, I mean, I don't know what it is. And besides, see, I'm not trying to be, I'm not going to be the, the universal affirmation writer. <laughs> but I am going to support how important it is to get clear. Because I know when stuff comes up, what we want is for that to be eradicated. And that's a real feeling. It's just that it's not a creative feeling. You ain't doing nothing but reinforcing it. Because what are you focused on? You're focused on racism. You're focused on sexism. You're focused on pain and suffering. You're focused on, on uh, the children who are starving. You're focused on, and it doesn't mean that there isn't work for you in that, but you have to shift it. You have to shift it. It's the education of people. It's the, what's the creative piece that you want to have? And sometimes that's the challenge. We haven't thought about that. All we know is we don't want that. But affirming I don't want that affirms that. And so this is kind of, it haunted me over this past week because I thought, you know, I didn't serve that well. That was a point to really go deeper. And so I'm here going deeper now. To say that whatever we put in that object place is what we're focused on. Be very cautious. Be very cautious. There's a, a note of caution <laughs> at the bottom here. It says that your subconscious does not understand negative words such as not and don't and won't and can't. For added power, substantiate your positive shift. Oh, I got it. I am procrastination free because I do my... You know, so you can add a piece that, in your mind, you know what it is, and it's what I call drag. It's the fullness of it. You don't just say the nice word and hope, because there's a whole thing of your get ready with that. There's a whole attitude. There's a walk. There's a talk. There's a look. There's, a, there's clothing that goes with it. There's a stance. There's a presence. There's all of that. And there's no shortcut to it. There's no shortcut. 
The universe knows who you are. And so when you try to stand like, no, I really mean it, it's like, oh, don't, don't play with me. Because <laughs> when you mean stuff, and that's how, why it's so important for you to know you. When you get to know you, you will realize when you spend the kind of time that we're going to talk about in our get ready, you will recognize when you don't even mean that. I mean, you may be saying it with great fervor and, you know, just be standing in your stuff. But there will come a moment when you realize, I don't really mean this. And you don't have to, I'm not, this is not a public thing where you have to then go confess. But I want you to be aware of when you're just saying stuff. And when you're really standing in your power, using the gift of mind and speech to create a new outcome. And when you are digging your heels into, and often unaware, into a pattern that hasn't been serving you and won't begin serving you from you reaffirming it. God, I hope this is making sense. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, beware of what you set your heart upon, for it shall surely be yours. This is all about how we, how we, what we choose, what we choose for ourselves. Beware what you set your heart upon, being right, being wrong, being ill, you know, sometimes there are patterns in our lives and in our families, in our communities. And for some who have a legitimate health experience, they may find that the kind of attention being seen by others has never been satisfied until they got this diagnosis. I'm just trying to keep it real, y'all. That for some, it could be going sideways with the law. That might be one of the first times that they are seen and feel heard and a real connection. Now, it's nothing that any of us would choose. But we begin to see that we all have needs. We want to be very aware and intentional of how we get those needs met. In your own mind, you can think, no doubt, I can almost see the thought bubbles popping up, of the things that we've done or participated in, and we know that the reason was just about connection. We see it with young folks all the time. That need to belong and to to feel validated and the connection. And often, it's not what any adult would want for them. No adult that loves them and cares for them and, and really has an a, um, emotional intelligence, I want to say, would want that for them. But because we don't necessarily know how to take responsibility for ourselves, we don't know how to offer it for others either. So this is less about the other. Our get ready is for us. 
we know that there's a collective difference we can make, but you can't make the positive collective difference before you make the personal collective difference. And I know we're not clear about that a lot because we want the world to change before we've changed. We act just like this is not our world. It's your world, baby. This is our world. It has our fingerprints on it. We created this world as it is, not consciously, intentionally, but the way we are holding life and love and humanity and whatever that means in all of the ways that each and every one of us interpret and work with it, the idea is that we must change our thinking and keep it changed. That that is really the key. That there's not a one of us that hasn't changed our thinking at some point. Think January 1st. There's, is there anybody who doesn't have a in- resolution that includes at least two pounds lighter? <laughs> Three pounds? Okay, well, I could see that there would be somebody. Okay. Okay, there'd be, I'm not, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I know there are a few people, and we can recognize them, because we just look around and know who they are. But the idea here is that we can remember, recall ourselves being in such a pattern. That about, for me, my birthday's in November, so about, certainly in November on that birthday, I'm like, now, you know, because it's always an introspective time for me. And I'm very aware that I didn't do none of that, that the January list, that it's, it's just, ha- now it's just haunting me. Now it's pissing me off. <laughs> you know, it's irritating me because what? <laughs> like, how am I going to do that between now and the end of December? Well, you didn't just have that amount of time, Miss <laughs> Minister. You had those other, <laughs> those other 10 months through 11 months that you could have worked with. Yes, so. The secret for this, if there's a secret at all, it's about focus. What are you focused on? Get your focus clear. What is your heart's desire? What is your heart's desire? And once you know that, begin to work it. Begin to to adjust it in a way that it awakens your heart and all your sensibilities, yes? Yes? So that you have a desire. Here's the thing. One of the things we're going to do for 2024, and I'm going to ask for suggestions too, is I'm creating our 2024 playlist. So what are the songs? Because I told you, it's a musical. You got to have a soundtrack. Got to have a soundtrack. So what's on our soundtrack for 2024 that reinforces us taking responsibility, the fact that we are acknowledging that we have the gift of mind and speech. And how are we using that? So I'm putting, you know, I'm the one starting the list. I get to put stuff on it. So I'm starting with happy talk. But I'm also making certain that we have expect the great on it. And a part of the lyric for Expect the Great is, this is just the beginning. I feel like it's our January 1st song. This is just the beginning. A year of refreshing. The lyrics are up for you to see. 
Our plan is now unfolding. It's the time of your great blessing. And we can always do this in first person as well. Expect nothing but victory. It's the promise of our king. Now look, I need to say this because I have used this organizationally that you have no right to an expectation if you don't have an agreement. You have no right to an expectation if you don't have an agreement. So when we talk about biblical promise, you can't just rely on a promise that you don't have nothing in on. you like, I'm relying on Joseph's promise and Joshua's promise. I'm just relying on, but I don't have any vested interest in it. I've not invested anything in it. It's not your promise, babe. You don't get that. You know, on the block, they say you got to bring some to get some. It kind of applies here as well. Can you see that that would be true? So this notion of expecting nothing but victory because it's the promise, you only get that if you're enrolled in the program. Oh, y'all don't understand. No, Uh, right? You only get the promise of victory if you're enrolled in the program. Now, the program is one of believing because what? It's done unto you as you believe. So it's not our, but it's not easy. So look, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or think, you got to be enrolled in the program. You're not getting all that. To you enroll in the program fully. You got to do the work, transform your thinking, support it all, expect the great, anticipate, faith activates. This is your year. Your moment is here.